Hey, Ringers, welcome to episode 74 of the Put a Ring on It podcast. And if you're listening to this in real time, happy holidays, my friends. It is the most wonderful time of the year, in my humble opinion. Now, if you listen to the previous episode and have been following along with us, you'll know that our lovely co-host, Dan, is still away on his paternity leave, um, spoiling and loving on his two uh, brand new babies that came into the world earlier this year. And... I have a fantastic guest co-host with me today. I have Lauren Grove from Every Last Detail, and we are going to be talking real time about the holidays, about surviving the holidays and what to do as you kind of navigate this chapter um, as being a person who is engaged. In this episode, we're going to talk about dealing with the questions that you're going to go through, kind of navigating food guys and all the guilty pleasures that come with this time of year, dealing with the gifts um, or dealing with the expense rather of gifts and travel and just all of the the holiday stuff, man, including actually Lauren drops a great, great tip on a super thoughtful, but incredibly inexpensive gift that will work really great for most of you. So definitely make sure you listen and steal that idea for sure. Um, we talk about a ton more things. We even touch on what to expect when you're, um, working with your vendors this time of year. So it's a really great episode. I'm super excited for it. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, as you know, we miss Dan terribly, but I hope you enjoy this episode with Lauren Grove. Hey ringers, I'm Danielle. And I'm Dan. This is the Put A Ring On It podcast. We are two wedding pros sharing everything we can about planning a wedding. You ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody. I am so excited to be talking about the holidays. Ooh, I feel like I should insert some like jingle ho 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 sounds that I know I'm never going to be able to do, but pretend like I did because that would be really exciting. Um, we're talking about the holidays today and kind of how you can navigate that as a couple because we're in the thick of it and it's probably going to come with some challenges depending on you and your family dynamic and your friend group and all the different things. And as you know, I have a wonderful guest co-host on today because Dan is not here. He is still enjoying the time with his babies. Um, but my guest co-host today is Lauren Grove of Every Last Detail, which is an amazing blog that if you haven't been on yet, you need to be on. But Lauren, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, man. Um, so I'm Lauren. I run a wedding website called Every Last Detail, and I actually um, started it after I got married. A lot of people... Um, tend to have started blogs and websites like while they're getting married or while they're planning their wedding. And um, I did things a little backwards with it because um, I discovered that I did a lot of things wrong or maybe wrong is not the right word. Like I just could have been more knowledgeable about things. And given I planned my wedding 10 years ago. So, um, things were a lot different back then. Um, at least in terms of the information that's available, I think big publications like style me pretty were just starting around then. Um, I got engaged in 2007, planned my wedding all throughout 2008 and got married in 2009. Ooh. And I got married or I got engaged on December 23rd. So I was definitely a holiday engagement. So this is kind of like perfectly timed. And I just kind of like, I just figured out that if I had just known more, my wedding day would have been a lot better. Um, I would have spent my money a lot better and, and a lot, a lot wise, more wise, a lot, a lot wiser. More smartly. That's the word. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's better. That's better. So I took a wedding planning class. I have no idea. Like, I guess that, that's just the direction that I was going and um, became a wedding planner. I got a really awesome job with a, a company where I was planning and designing weddings and also busting my butt and setting up weddings and all of the craziness. And I learned a lot. And I started every last detail while I was doing that. And I thought that it was going to be like a stepping stone into a wedding planning business. And so I was like, every last detail, I love details, blah, blah, blah. This is, you know, I, 
there wasn't really anything around called Every Last Detail. So I started this blog and I started writing um, educational stuff, like things that questions that I would be getting from brides and grooms when I met with them with cons- or for consultations. And, you know, things like, you know, yeah, it's going to be really hard to find a photographer for $800 and like just stuff like that. Like why you need a wedding planner, the difference between a coordinator and a, um, a planner and things like that. And I started writing all about that and it just became a thing. And I became known for my candid educational posts and, um, everything that I share is, predominantly in support of hiring wedding professionals. Um, I don't really talk a lot about like DIY or lower budget weddings or anything like that because that wasn't the world that I knew when I was planning weddings. Um, And so here we are pretty much 10 years later. I don't know what date this is going to air, but I think December 7th of this year will be my official 10 year anniversary of every last detail beginning. So, um, and yeah, a lot has changed since then, but I, I'm, I'm very thankful that I have the opportunity to be able to, I always say inspire and educate brides and grooms because I, I feel like, um, there's just not, I view myself as kind of a bridge between the wedding, between wedding professionals and brides and grooms. And so I've been really trying to um, utilize that a lot lately and um, kind of like connect with brides and grooms on a deeper level. So then I can go to wedding professionals and say like, hey, this is what brides and grooms are saying. Like you may or may not be a little out of touch with things. Yeah, that's awesome. I know um, there are, Especially so 2009, what the internet looked like in terms of blogs is much different than what it looks, what it's looking like now in 2019 as we head into 2020, right? So it is so great because I actually, I started my business December 2009. Uh, so I'm also celebrating 10 years in December, which is crazy and just crazy. No, I'll leave it at crazy. Yeah. So, um, but it's, I, your blog is one of my go-to blogs when I need to relay something to a client or you just have these articles that are practical. They're kind, like they're, it's, it's, it's good information. It's real information, but it's not delivered in a way, like you said, you don't really focus on the DIY. You don't say if you're doing DIY, you're stupid. It's not that. It's like, here's why here's why you invest in pros and here's why DIY sometimes isn't a good idea or it's, it's a better idea in your head, you know? So I, I love that you mix, um, mix that world really well together, but you do it in a way that's really respectful and compassionate of the couple that's kind of going through the process. Cause I think, um, the world needs more compassion regardless. Right. Um, but I think you handle that really, really well. And for today's episode, um, we're talking about how couples can kind of go through this holiday season because it can be really tricky. I think you're often around family and that means you're getting hit with a ton of questions about the wedding and you know what's happening and doing all this and with your answers may come a lot of unsolicited advice or judgment you know for what you have going on um and I kind of wanted to start and this is um this little nugget here that we're going to start with is actually something that we're going to cover more in a future episode we have an episode coming up all about setting boundaries and you guys keep an eye out for it because um it is a really good one and it touches on this a lot but I do want to make sure we mention it in this episode and that's all about staying a united front as a couple right Lauren like you're going to go into this holiday season And if you and your fiance are on two different pages on anything, you will see very quickly where your family is going to find those, those divides and just crack them wide open. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think during the holidays, you know, you obviously have a lot of family events to attend and those questions are just going to kind of almost become a little annoying And so it's really important to like have your, your responses kind of like review your responses to potential questions because they, your family members, they want to know information about, you know, how things are going or when your wedding's going to be. And so it's really, 
a good idea to uh, kind of have your united responses. Yeah, because Aunt Susie's coming for you. She wants to know, when's the wedding? Is so-and-so invited? Why aren't you inviting that person? Why are you inviting this person? When is the shower? Where are you registered? Like, the questions from Aunt Susie are coming your way, guys. And it's not just going to come from Aunt Susie. It's going to come from all of the peoples, especially when's the wedding. That's going to be the one that you're going to get hit with the, the, the most, I think. So this is perfectly timed because my sister just got engaged a couple weeks ago. And um, she... She's going to get hit with the questions. She is, and she already has, because we have had a... Our, we've already had a large um, family event and I warned her before that, hey, like, you know, you might get a, you're going to, people are going to start asking you, like, when's the wedding going to be? Like, they're going to say, oh, I want to see your ring. Like, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to start to get the questions. So she actually has said that she wants to wait a while. Um, but I already told her that, like, come the holidays, those questions are going to get a little more repetitive because people are still going to ask because it's going to have been quite a few months like okay so this is October so she'll have been engaged for three months already by then and usually you start planning your wedding within like three months of being engaged um so I'm gonna try to push her a little bit and get her to at least commit to I mean, I'm talking like she doesn't even know if she wants a destination wedding or if she wants an at-home wedding or if she wants like a normal venue. Like I at least want her to like be able to have an answer for people regarding, oh, like we're thinking winter 2020. She's even saying 2021 for some stuff. Um, Like I at least want her to be able to have a definitive answer and then also for her fiance to have an answer too because if you talk to him he'll say one thing and she'll say another and right like you said it's it's important to have those decision at least some decision made right prior to uh, entering upon your family gathering right and guys I'm not sure yet or we're not sure yet is also a perfectly acceptable answer There is nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Um, Your sister will be um, engaged for a few months. Mike and I have been engaged for over a year. We're getting these questions because I've, it's just where it is. So, and I'm not telling nobody nothing. So, and it's okay. You know what I mean? I do find that sometimes the question is kind of annoying to me. And I don't think that that's a fair necessarily think but it is how I'm feeling um but I don't know maybe that's just my own uh not insecurities but my own like uh why you know why do is there still no plans yet for the wedding and I have my reasons but they're all you know they're all my own reasons so um and all all of um our own reasons so I just think it's um it's interesting but yes coming together and because in your situation, Lauren, if your sister's like, well, we're thinking 2021 and maybe her fiance is like, I don't know, maybe, you know, fall 2020. People are like, well, what are they and what's happening and what do I do? And and then you start all the little side conversations and that's what you want to try to avoid if at all possible, especially if you don't really want to talk about the wedding too much. Now, if you want to talk about the wedding, you talk about that wedding and you have a fantastic time. But sometimes you hit a point where you're like... I just want to talk about something else for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, now, on the flip side of things, you also have, uh, you know, Cousin Lindsay, right? Because Cousin Lindsay just got married. And this is what she did at her wedding. And it was so amazing. And it was so perfect. And you have to use her photographer because her photographer was the best photographer. And oh, my God, did you see my centerpieces? And holy crap, what works for one person does not necessarily work for everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? yeah. And I... I... I see a lot of that happen also amongst friends too. Cause if you, if you oh, happen yes. to like go home, like if you aren't, if you don't live where you grew up already and you go home, typically there's like the gatherings also. So you're going to have the cousins you're going to, or you're going to have the aunt who's like 50 who got married for a third time recently too. And, um, always keep it like respond to those people with, grace and say yes yeah I saw it or like if you were there you'd be like yeah I love that and don't know it you don't want to make them feel bad for what they chose for their own wedding right. if it's not something that you would also do right. um 
So, you know, just acknowledge it and, you know, maybe don't say anything like, oh, well, like, don't don't be like disgusted by their by their decision or anything like that. Well, we hate peonies, so there'll be no peonies at our wedding, right? You want to avoid that. Exactly. That's such a great point. Um, And I'm glad I'm so glad you said that because it can be really easy to kind of make the face and be like, "Eh, maybe not for us. But, you know, acknowledge the fact that they are or were really excited about that thing for their day and maybe you can spin it and say something like oh my gosh it was so amazing that you guys involved that that was just so you guys and I'm so excited that we're going to be able to kind of infuse our own touches on our day boom done you've avoided it you skirted it you've acknowledged that their thing was so cool so awesome so pretty so tasty whatever it is and diverted the situation you know yeah without saying we didn't we don't like that Yeah. And like, alternatively, if it is something that you like, then you could totally talk to her or them about what they liked, what they didn't like about their wedding. Like, it's it's kind of just, it depends on your own personality. And you know, what you what you're thinking in your head, like you could have all these plans already envisioned or plans already in the works. And you might want to talk people's ears off of it off about your wedding stuff and they might get sick of hearing about you talking about your wedding. So yeah, I would say keep the wedding talk to whatever you feel comfortable with. And if people get sick of you talking about your wedding, if that's the case, then, oh, well, like, so be it. It's just whatever, whatever works best for you and your personality and, um, and you know, the, your, uh, your family members and your friends and it's kind of just a, play it by your situation, I think. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, watch your social cues. Um, But ultimately, I also go, you know, subscribe to the fact that this is a chapter of life where you're engaged and you are allowed to be excited about it and shouting from the rooftops, right? I don't think you ever want to do it in a way that makes anyone else feel bad or uncomfortable for maybe the chapter of life that they're in because you want to be aware of that too in the same way as if um you know if you were pregnant and you're talking to your friend who's maybe having a hard time with that like you want to be mindful of those social cues but at the same time you just the same as they're allowed to feel how they're feeling you're allowed to feel excited for for your thing too um and it's okay to kind of let that shine a little bit and uh and roll from there so um i definitely think when it comes to anybody who's either also engaged or recently married don't let it become a competition. Like it, it, it's not about that. Every couple is so unique. Every decision is so unique. Like don't let it become a competition. There is no better, worse, prettier, uglier, you know, bigger, smaller. Like it just, just let it, let it be what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is an important thing to keep in mind too, when deciding exactly what to do for your wedding, because you also don't have to do what cousin Susie did, or you don't have to do what your sister did. And that's something that my sister is, I think one of the things that is influencing her, like she basically says that she doesn't want to have a wedding. But when I ask her questions about what she wants and what she's envisioning, she wants a wedding. She just doesn't want a wedding like I had, given that it was in 2009. So <laughs> there weren't quite, quite as many ideas going around out there when, you know, Pinterest didn't exist and Instagram That's didn't true. exist. But you don't have to replicate somebody else's wedding. So also don't feel tied down to what somebody else did. And even maybe you haven't been to a wedding before that is like the one that you want so you, if if you don't like weddings that you have been to, then think about what it was that you didn't like about it and try and create something that's going to be right for you yeah. and your future spouse. And I think also, you know, maybe there's some advice I can give, you know, was there anything that you did that you would maybe do differently, you know, or, or was there anything you did that you were so excited that you did if you want to keep things positive, right? If, if they're willing to talk about it, use that information and see if it could apply to you. Like maybe they said, yeah, you know what? We planned our day. We had, um, we did this really awesome thing in the morning. Maybe they did like a yoga class all together in the morning. And it was just like, it set the tone in a really great way for the day. And you're like, that sounds Mm -hmm. amazing. Maybe yoga is not your thing, but maybe you do a spin class in the morning with all of your friends or, you know, whatever it might be. But use those little things as like launching points to um, kind of set the foundation for what you guys want to do for the day. So I like that. Yeah, I like that too. 
on the other side of family, uh, with family, often comes food. <laughs> so uh-huh. can we talk about food? I love food. <laughs> and in too. my house, there's like, it, when there's get-togethers, it's always, what do you want to eat? Oh, yeah. Are there any fun food family traditions that you guys do? Oh, man. My family? Um, my mom's side is Italian. Ooh. So we... We typically do, like for Christmas, we typically do like some kind of fish type thing on Christmas Eve. Um, usually it's actually like shrimp, but like whatever. Um, that's because <laughs> it's easiest. It's usually easier sea. to make. Yeah, we usually do um, like shrimp scampi just because it's easy to make for a whole bunch of people because we usually have a lot of people. Um, and then Christmas Day, we kind of change it up a little bit. Um We've as as my whole family has gotten older, of course, the families get bigger and then you have little little ones that need, you know, that want to hang out with their toys or whatever. So over the years, we've kind of got our Christmas Day celebrations have gotten a little bit smaller. So um, in recent years, my husband has decided that he wanted to do like, I think it was like a prime rib or something or prime. I don't I think that's what it's called. Um so that's kind of become our tradition. It just usually depends on how many people we end up having. But um, and then like the typical like cheese and crackers and all of that good stuff. But yeah, super excited about the holidays because of the food. For I sure. Know, right. As, as we're talking about it. Right. It's getting very exciting. <laughs> we uh, I've got some Italian in my family. So we do the we make the capolettis and the raviolis in the weeks kind of leading up to it. And that's usually what eventually comes out uh, either Christmas Day or at some point whenever we're all together. Um, but it is it is a lot of food right and you know if if for those of us that are trying to kind of like feel and look our best like maybe we're using the fact that hey we're getting married we're going to make some like really good lifestyle shifts or changes um or you're just trying to be more aware of what you're eating it's really hard to um navigate how do you kind of indulge and take part in the holiday season without either feeling guilt or shame or crappy because you ate the thing that makes you not feel good you know what i mean uh-huh. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm probably the worst person to talk to you about this cuz I like I I have I have very little self-control, so it's not a uh I would say probably being able to have the self-control to not indulge would be a good option, but at the same time I usually approach things from a um YOLO standpoint of YOLO. you know yeah, like, I mean, what's one bite of, in my situation, like a cannoli going to, or tiramisu, just one bite or two bites, like whatever. But as long as you don't like eat the entire thing. Um, and same thing on like the wedding day and stuff too. Like, why would you come on? Like, if, especially if you've been watching what you eat, like on your wedding day, you absolutely need to still like actually eat the stuff that you're paying for and pain to enjoy. <laughs> Eating is so important, right? I think um, uh, I'm on this like chapter of life where I'm in my 30s, right? Spoiler alert. I'm in my 30s and food is not feeling the same as it did when I'm in my 20s. Like my body's not digesting things the same. So I'm having to kind of learn what works and what doesn't. And I'm sometimes making bad decisions and less times making good decisions, but I'm trying. Um, but I do think that the times when I've made the best decisions afterwards and long term is when I've like kind of felt the best. And that if I've made mostly good decisions, when I've made the occasional like, I'm doing this thing and I'm I'm good if I eat this thing now. Like you said, I'm not gonna yeah. overindulge. I'm good if I eat this thing now because I've I've eaten really good all the other times today or this week or whatever it is. And I'm gonna do this without guilt or without shame. And I'm still going to partake in the thing. That said, it's also okay if you're going to say, oh my gosh, mom, that looks so good. And I'm just going to enjoy the smells, but I'm going to pass on it for now. That's okay too, if that's what you want to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, don't let yourself get guilted into eating something. Because we know that, you know, the the grandmas and the aunts and the moms, sometimes they always like to uh, be like, 
like, you know, oh, you're too skinny or, you know, whatever. What you need to, you need to eat this. I know that doesn't, that conversation doesn't happen in my family, but (laughs) it used to happen in my family. Not anymore. (laughs) Yeah. We're, um, we're, I mean, although my, my sister's fiance is quite skinny, but, (laughs) but he's the one that gets to eat whatever he wants. And everybody else is usually the ones, uh, trying not to eat it. So, well, it's hard. Food is a big social cue. It is um, It is what we gather around. Everybody hangs out in the kitchen. Yeah. There's also um, a lot of like cultural background in the food that we're eating too, right? Like you were saying, you bring in some Italian stuff with the fish and things like that. In our family, we do some of the Italian on the pasta side of things. But um, before my grandparents passed away, we did this insanely, I will say it awful because I hated it. Um, but it was a Russian Orthodox Christmas Eve, or at least that's what they told us. Um, and it was a not fun dinner with these like insanely bland foods. I'm not trying to knock it, I, but I absolutely am apparently. But it was like <laughs> no dairy, no seasoning, no anything. Like it was meant to be this very bland meal, um, probably having something to do with the tradition of um, – I don't even know. I don't want to say anything that's wrong because I honestly don't know. It was never explained to us in English. Uh, everything, <laughs> all of the prayers were in Russian. We don't know what was being said. So it is what it is. All I know is at the end of it, I'm actually curious now to hear everybody else's family traditions, but at the end of dinner, it was cool. We would walk around the table three times. And as we would walk around, you were to gather up all of the silverware, like all the forks, and the knives and the spoons. And whoever gathered up the most and hid them under the table was like supposed to have like a, a fabulous year that year. So I started to get really smart as I got older towards the end of dinner. Like I would start as we were still sitting, I would just start stealing everybody's silverware as I was sitting there and putting them all on my lap so that by the time we got up to walk around, I already had like a really good head start on everybody. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that though. That's really cool. Yeah. I don't know honestly where any of it came from. It could be something that my family just absolutely made up, but I'd be curious to see if anybody else did that because I thought it was just this bizarre, fun, cool thing. Um, But anyway, we were talking about food. So you know, there there is a lot of history in that. And sometimes to uh, to go into the holidays with like navigating that can be really tricky. But um, it's okay to still take part in the idea that food is centered around gathering. It's still okay to take part in the gathering without fully indulging and taking part in the food to the point where it makes you uncomfortable is basically what we're trying to say. Oh yes, yeah. I I'm I'm glad that I also I have grown up to have that awareness of I, I I don't know like when I was a kid I used to just eat so much that I was uncomfortable and that um, now I I I can't even tell you the last time I experienced that. Thank God, but it's just because I'm aware and also because I like you am kind of I always pay attention to what I eat and how it makes me feel and. I mean, I feel like that's a whole other conversation. Right, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, but I could totally, I that I could nerd out with you on for sure. But also I wanted to bring up like in terms of the gathering, like how you navigate if you like the choosing which family to go to and all yes. that kind of stuff too because I've been really lucky that my husband's family has assimilated into my own family's traditions mostly because it's just his mom um and then like his brother doesn't live in the states anymore so like it's really easy um and also we've been together for a really long time so um but like I know that that's something that my sister last year when she when we had the holidays she had to kind of navigate that and figure all of that out um and with her fiance, he has his parents are divorced, so he already has two places that he has to go to. Um, and it's just an interesting thing to me because in I think it's a it's a a bit of it it can be a bit of a bone of contention for family members and also for you and your and your future spouse because like what do you do if you're if you don't all live in the same city, like how do you decide? And so it's a really good time to 
also establish those traditions and maybe even bring families together if you have that opportunity. What do you what do you guys do? Yeah, I mean, we are trying to forge some new traditions because um, it can get to a point where instead of enjoying the holiday, you're spending the entire holiday going from house to house and spending like an hour here, an hour and a half there, two hours there. And you just don't like you get to the end of the day and you're just like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? You know, Um, so as uh, as we kind of go through each year, we're trying to kind of form some new traditions that still works for everybody and keeps everybody happy. But um, I don't know, it's 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 tricky because uh, my family lives close uh, as in a two hour drive. So that's kind of close but not really but his family Mike's family lives in Texas so that is a plane ride and um, as our ringers know we have um, a little guy in the house who um, is I'm a step parent so it's not something where we can just travel for a few days around the holidays so it's always a really tricky thing because he also needs to make sure he spends the little guy spends time with his mom and her house as it as is fair and as it should be um but it is really tricky to get everybody around so we're trying to bring people to us but at the same time our tiny little house can't always accommodate everybody that we want yeah but yeah it's hard but it is okay to see about, to ask your parents about forming some, or your family, mm-hmm. about forming your own new traditions. It's okay yeah. to, to kind of have that conversation and say like, what can we do that we can still be together? Because mm-hmm. maybe like we're going to do this, I think, for um, Thanksgiving, though, by the time this comes out, Thanksgiving has already happened. So we'll see. But uh, our plan right now is that Thanksgiving is going to happen probably not on Thanksgiving Day in one house. Like it's going to happen on the weekend just so that we can spend quality time there and just chill. Yeah. And as far as my mom's concerned, she doesn't care when the heck she makes the turkey. <laughs> you know what I mean? She just wants us there. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's a good idea to be to be flexible and to be open and to have that conversation with your family members. So maybe, you know, you're engaged now and like maybe you go through all of the motions of trying to fit everything in in yep. the, you know, span of two or three days, but like then after the holidays have that conversation of like, dude, like that was really hard and that was really stressful. And so then like start a conversation with your family about, you know, what could we do? Or, you know, could we combine, you know, can, can his family come to my family's for Christmas Eve? And then we, you know, or even like swapping out years. I know that that, um, I've, my cousin, he and his wife do that. So like they alternate between like one year they'll come here for Thanksgiving. And then like the next year they go to her families for Thanksgiving. And then they like alternate for Christmas as well. Yeah. Once you throw kids into the mix then it's a whole other story. But, and I, I really, I hope to, I, I know that she won't listen to this, but my sister-in-law and my brother, they don't live here. They live in DC and they have never spent one single holiday with us. And if I'm being 100% transparent, which I am, it's a little bit of a, like a, it's like, I don't know, my sister and I, we're a little like perturbed by it because it's kind of like we're expected to go there, but we have a lot more people involved and therefore more money that has to be spent to go up there, not to mention that we're going from Florida to winter. So (laughs) like more like, you know, we don't have (laughs) hashtag Florida problems. Like we don't have like coats and shoes and all that. It is the truth. Okay. (laughs) So it's just, it's a little from like our family side, it's a little frustrating and he assimilated into her, um, her family traditions because her family lives there, which is all well and good. Like I know the typically the guy, the husband usually goes along with the girls, um, family traditions and things like that. I think it depends on the family, you know, the family and in locations, you know, like whoever's closest is of course going to be the easiest, but all that to say that, like try and make sure that your family that isn't close by, like that you, you know, try every couple of years to at least try and spend a holiday with them and make that a part of your thing. Like, okay, every two years 
we're going to make the trip to Texas or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit about compromise, right? Like if you, if you want others to compromise on what they're doing, you need to kind of come to the table with a bit of compromise yourself. But if you come to it from a place of, you know, maybe, maybe this year you're, you're running from house to house to house to house to house maybe after the holidays have kind of settled down you can have that conversation with the you know the person you need to have it with that like Mm -hmm. I didn't like that we didn't get to spend a lot of time with you what can we do differently next year to make that happen and that that doesn't say we don't want to go from house to house to house it says we want more time together more quality time what are your thoughts you know and and that's where you can kind of lead into the conversation um Another thing that you mentioned uh, briefly there, but I want to talk about more, it's expensive. <laughs> Holidays can be expensive, not just um, even the travel, what we were talking about, but like gifts for everybody. And if you're a couple who's financially um, taking care of your wedding, which is amazing and awesome, it is a hard blow when the holidays come, when you're going, you're putting all this extra money away to plan the wedding. And now you're going, oh, crud, we've got to get gifts and travel and all these things. I have a um, a pretty good solution for that, actually. So I'm hold on. Let me take notes real quick while you because I need to know. <laughs> so of course it depends on where you're at and your planning. But the <laughs> ever since I got married, the wonderful thing has been pictures as gifts. And I know that it's like cheesy, but your engagement photos, print them out, put them in a frame, like literally. I have purchased like a $5 frame at Walgreens on my way to a family dinner and, and printed out a picture from a, you know, a family photo shoot, stuck it in a frame, wrapped it, here's your present. And then once you get married, you know, a framed picture or like a little like album of pictures from your wedding, like those go a long way. The parents, the grandparents, the aunts and uncles, they love them. Um, and then if, you know, if you're going a little bit deeper in with your, you know, siblings or whatever, wedding pictures wise, like a picture of you and them. So make sure like you ask, make sure, of course, your photographer should get a picture of you and your siblings. Like those things are going to go a long way. So for now, if you are, if you do have an, your engagement session photos already, make that your like quintessential gift to give everyone. Um, and you can do like now you can do so many things with, with pictures too. Like I know that now that I have a daughter, so like I do like literally I do like a photo, a giant photo book for my mom for Christmas every year. Now it takes a really long time to put together, but there's so many options online now and stuff that it's just, to me, that is the easiest and probably the cheapest gift that you could do while you're engaged and also right after you get married too. So really milk it. I did not even think of that. Um, that's a really good point. I'm not a person. I don't, I'm not a photo person. Me and Dan get into this all the time because obviously Dan's a photographer. He loves photos. He would be so excited to hear you saying this. Um, and I'm just over here like, I don't get photos. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, uh, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what future Danielle thinks? But for now, it is what it is. I am trying to get more photos in my house, though, because I do need to do that. But anyway, um, there's also nothing wrong with talking to your family about keeping things small or foregoing gifts this year and just like, hey, can we just skip gifts and just focus on spending time together? Like maybe if there's kids, I don't necessarily think that always needs to apply to them but for the adults right can we can we just have a really great meal together like let's do that let's like let's plan this awesome dinner where we don't have to also stress about gifts and the things let's just make a really good meal you know and maybe that's your new tradition that you're going to start together as a family but it's hard I am uh, a daughter of a person who is amazing and wonderful but does not listen to me when I say things, mom, can we not do gifts this year? I've done it twice now on separate occasions. And both times she has like found this mom loophole where she gives me a stocking instead or gives us a stocking and is like, well, that's not really a gift. It's just a stocking. And, and I'm like, but we said, and it's hard. It makes me feel like a terrible, terrible person because like I kind of stuck to the plan. (laughs) As you're saying that, I'm thinking like, I wonder what the percentage of people is that like, 
actually don't ever stick to that because I feel like it's always said in my family too. And like, no one sticks to it. Um, or we, you know, you get like little tiny things for people, but then it all adds up. And yeah, I like, I like the idea of doing like dinner and like maybe even planning a separate dinner from the holidays. So then it feels like more of a thing and like more of a gift. So maybe you say like, Hey, let's do a new year's Eve dinner or something like that. Or this, I know I'm, 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 I must be like cheese fest today. Like, but I, it's a little cheesy, but like you could print out a whole little like gift certificate thing that says like dinner at my house on blah, 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 or, you know, something like that. Or like the old school, like when you were a kid and you made little coupons for like cleaning or whatever, like you could, I mean, there's so many things now that you could just easily like design stuff on your phone or whatever if you don't if you don't have design capabilities and just say like this entitles you to a dinner out or you know something like that like something right. where it's you're still giving them something you're still giving something but like it's not going to potentially cost as much as something else or you could always go in on another on a gift with your siblings or other family members too and just try and like split up the cost of something and make things a little bit better easier that way too yeah if any of my family's listening we want a Roomba this year I want a Roomba so bad it's not even funny (laughs) and I've decided this over the last week that I want one but that's where it's at nobody in my family listens to this podcast I will not be getting a Roomba this year (laughs) (sighs) anyway um yeah I I also like maybe Secret Santa oh um this is what I wanted to say earlier so Mike Mike's family and Mike is Filipino and they have a huge Christmas Eve tradition um it doesn't start until like nine ten o'clock at night and it's out in Jersey so for us it's a drive but it is so much fun we love going out there um it is one big hilarious celebration and like they like we sing Christmas carols and we do all this stuff but one of the things we do is a white elephant um and I think in different families it's probably called different things but it's the kind where everybody ha- like everybody brings a generic gift you mm-hmm. pick a number and then you kind of you know pick your present and you can steal and do all these different things but it is it's not about the gifts as much as it's about the like hour or whatever that we spend doing it and laughing and you know who unwraps uh you know what crazy uncle unwraps like a pretty necklace and he's like wearing it because he th- you know it's just it's yeah. just fun and funny and a good time but to get gifts I mean there's probably at least well I know this from the white elephant there's like 80 people that are there you can't get gifts for for 80 people I mean no yeah maybe, maybe you can but like uh, we can't right it's just not yeah, practical no. um and half the times you don't even know who is or isn't coming it's always you know new people and mm-hmm. um so I love that uh yeah. but it had that had to start somewhere you know what I mean mm-hmm. so you know forge forge your way guys make those new traditions do what makes sense for you uh that's I think that's what it comes down to but yeah I I, I think that's really cool um so overall I think it's um so important kind of as you go through this to ultimately be kind to one another. Uh, That's an important thing I have here on my list that I want to make sure um, planning a wedding is stressful. We say that all the time and we can't say it enough. And sometimes stress doesn't bring out the best in, in many of us. And when you add the stress of the holidays on top of that, you know, sometimes we don't use our most kindest words and we say things that maybe we were going to later regret. And, you know, if if as you go through the holidays, you find out your future mother-in-law, um, you know, opted for a hot pink dress instead of the navy dress that you asked her to go with, you know, choose your words and your actions carefully through this process because those actions and words are going to linger far past the holiday stress, uh, you know, once that's gone. Yeah, you know, very true. Yeah, Yeah. very true. And this this time of year is going to be when those conversations are going to start coming out, you know, I mean, especially depending on when your wedding is, um, you're going to be all together. It's the conversations are going to happen. So hang in there. And on the flip side of things, it is also okay, as long as your wedding isn't happening in the very, very near future, it's okay to put a hold on all things wedding. It's okay to put the planning on the back burner and just enjoy your time together. 
Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't think any of your vendors are going to be mad if you're not – well, I can promise you they're not going to be mad if you're not sending them a ton of emails throughout December. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, and vendors have their own, like – issues that have to be dealt with throughout the holidays because a lot of them are dealing with holiday parties, corporate parties, things like that. So it, it tends to be a little bit of a busy time for some um, wedding professionals and like not hearing from you the whole month of December is going to be no skin off their back. Like unless, the, unless your wedding is the end of December or January and they need an answer from you, um, if you don't hear from them, then that is okay. Do not freak out about it. Um, and I would let them drive the car in that instance of like whether you need to be in communication with them in, in the month of December. Unless you decide that you are going to start planning your wedding in December and that's another, you know, maybe you have time off and you can finally yeah. tackle wedding planning. Um, like that is a whole nother thing. And in that case, like, yeah, like December is engagement season for wedding professionals as well. So a lot of them are going to be a little on top of things unless it's like literally Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas. Um, but other than, and you know, in those situations, give them a little bit of wiggle room to be able to get back to you if you decide to start inquiring or whatever around then or book. But it's all, you know, it's all unique to your own situation. So a hundred percent and realize for those of us that are busy uh, with the holiday events, when, um, when we are getting a spare moment, we're doing everything we can to spend that time with our family. Because when you work in the um, event industry, you're not available on weekends. You're not available on all of the times that your family wants you to be available. And you really start to feel the guilt of it, I would say, for many of us around the holiday season when we yeah. do feel like we need to be distant. Um, I don't usually take too much stuff around the holidays because I try to be mindful of that. But not every year. There was one year I had a wedding two days after Christmas and then another one right after that on New Year's Eve. So there was one December 27th and then one December 31st first and it was they were amazing and they were the best couples in the entire world um and I don't regret doing them but I did learn that that was not the best choice I could have made for me or my family because I I I spent Christmas going through timelines and you know waking up earlier and staying up late so that I could make sure that I was still showing up in the best way for my clients but mm -hmm. I was not as present as I could have been uh for my client or for my for my family rather um and that wasn't an okay compromise for me uh, that that I made. So, and I, I love a New Year's Eve wedding. I don't know about you. I think they're so romantic. I think they're so fun. Um, New Year's Eve in general, I just think is such a fun night. Um, but it takes a lot for me to work a New Year's Eve wedding now because as a person who's working, it can be really, really lonely when the clock strikes midnight. Yeah. And you're standing there with your assistants, who you love and adore, but they're not. You're not gonna. Well, I wouldn't kiss my assistants. Um, that would be probably crossing a line. But like, you know what I mean? Like it's, you're, it's, it's a really weird feeling. Um, yeah. So it takes a lot for me to kind of go out and leave, uh, leave my family on a New Year's yeah. Eve wedding. So yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, um, I think it's one of those things that uh, keep in mind that your vendors are human beings with families too. Uh, and make mm -hmm. sure you're extending that little bit of grace to them that if you are emailing them about something, give them a little bit more time, as long as it's not urgent. And like Lauren said, that your wedding isn't super pressing, in which case then it does need to be kind of on the, on the front burner for them. But yeah. All right. So, uh, Lauren, was there any other tips that you have that you wanted to share with our amazing ringers before we wrap up this episode? My gosh. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think we, I think we really hashed it out pretty well. So, <laughs> All right. So how can our ringers um, get some actually more advice from you? Because I think your blog is such a great resource for them. So how can they kind of get there? Um, so on the web, it's the every last detail.com T H E <laughs> every last detail. Um, and on Instagram, it's every last detail blog. If you just search every last detail or even like every last, it'll probably come up. Um, I don't know. Those are pretty much what the main locations for things. And also like, I'm pretty open about like, if anybody ever has any questions or, you know, if you need direction with anything, like you can always send me a message an email. 
Um, I do a lot of like surveys and polls on Instagram soon to be like actual true surveys going out via email. So um, definitely keep an eye out on on Instagram for those kinds of things because I can take that information and then kind of like go to wedding vendors and be like, hey, look, like you need to put your pricing on your website, like stuff like that. So I love them. I always see them on your Insta stories and I'm always so, um, I so want to reply to them because I feel like I have so many opinions, but it's like, no, this is just for not wedding people. To, you know. But you are engaged, so you could answer and I won't judge. But I'm biased and it feels like True. I would be answering more from a planner <laughs> brain than a bridal brain for sure. I know, so. I know, which is, which is the challenge of being yeah. engaged and planning a wedding when you are a wedding professional. So yeah, that's why the shoemaker's kids have no shoes, right? Something yep. like that for sure. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my God. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I hope you have a fantastic holiday season and I hope our ringers have a fantastic holiday season. Yes, I do too. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Ringers, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Before we wrap up this episode, I did want to take a quick minute to give a huge shout out and virtual high five to our fabulous Patreon supporters. Your encouragement, guys, means the absolute world to us, and we are just constantly constantly blown away by your generosity. Um, if you want to join this fabulous community of ringers and really help us reach our goals for the show, check out patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, like put a ring on it. Um, there are different options starting at just two bucks a month and honestly, some really fun things in store for you like video recordings. You can literally watch this episode, uh, hangouts with Dan and I, and a place to have your wedding questions answered. So if you can do that, we love you so much. If not, another great way you can support our show is to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast in iTunes or wherever in the world you're enjoying podcasts. There are so many different channels out there these days. Just know that that helps us so, so much. Finally, if you want more details on anything that we talked about in today's episode, you can find the show notes at putaringonapodcast.com. And of course, you're more than welcome to connect with us on all of the socials. I am at dpnak, D-P-N-A-K, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. And guys, don't forget to give Dan some love. He's at Daniel Moyer Photo on Instagram and Daniel Moyer Photography on Facebook and Pinterest. Definitely make sure you give him some love while he is away on his paternity leave. Now, remember, guys, we are here to help you always. But no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding is going to be amazing because you rock. Until next time, ringers. Oh,